Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wake up in the morning feeling like... Waterman is extremely well. She's very slippery. You don't own me. Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because... I'm a woman. <laughs> Hello, tryhards. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. There's a big Labrador over your shoulder. Listeners can't see this, but it's one that's not going to bark throughout this pod for a change, which is quite a nice, <laughs> nice a change. change. Yeah. Um, that was actually a gift from my my dad, Jim. Um. Uh, we all know who your dad is so um yeah so he got me that um as a present I'm not normally someone that has things like dog pictures or things but I actually quite like it although it's got an extra bit underneath him so it can't be Koya um it has to be a little boy but um is it a board of fine arts no idea but um they're they're a prolific maker of uh dog statues i know that because my mom's <laughs> i mean i wouldn't call that a statue i mean it, maybe it looks a bit big ornament on sorry ornament. <laughs> my mum how was your weekend um busy you know busy put how much out. rugby mate how much too rugby? rugby too much rugby i actually for me that teetered on the edge of too much rugby um i started my weekend with a school of hard knocks dinner on friday Oh, and yeah, then, you look great. Thank you. I don't know if I've mentioned this, but I've lost 10 kilos. Um, I feel like that's every other sentence that comes out of my mouth is me telling people I've lost 10 kilos. That's actually, when you think about it, that's 10 bags of sugar. It's actually quite a lot. Like, imagine 10 bags of sugar hanging off your arms. Well, I haven't <laughs> lost it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like uh, arms, going. yeah, change one, change one of those letters because that's not what it was hanging off of. I... Um, I did though the week before last train with a 10 kilo vest on and it's so weird to think that that's what I was training that's the weight that I was when I started this at the end of July so that's a really it was a very kind of like tangible realization of why I couldn't do a sit-up because my rolls were getting in the way whereas now I'm just like an absolute you know animal an absolute beast for the training um so yeah so and I told everybody at the dinner I'd lost 10 kilos since July um that was kind of my opening gambit of my my opening speech uh we'll get to that in a minute because there is obviously a greater headline of the podcast this week um 
it's, you know, I talked a lot when we came back. Sorry, I feel quite emotional. I talked a lot when we came back at the beginning of the series about how proud I was to watch you coach the Cavaliers. And I, you know, I didn't think that since you'd retired, you were going to surpass that feeling of pride that I have for you as a friend. But Danielle Sean Waterman, you topped the Legends League of the match point. And wow, how far you've come. How far Mate, not just topped it, I absolutely smashed it. Don't get I think I got like 93 points. I mean, every game I was like, not just collecting the old 10 for the win. I was getting like 13, 16, nine, I got 19. Obviously, I called Ireland as well. Knew yeah, it. that was the key. See, I was talking to Tommy Bow pre-match when we were having our very unglamorous chat next to... Um, some pallets and Lee was sat on the floor which was quite entertaining because <laughs> someone actually messaged saying um how disappointed that they were that that's how we were treated <laughs> wow um I was actually quite comfy um <clears throat> yeah so um I was chatting and I said look I'm calling Ireland but New Zealand have got to make some errors they've got to make like they've got to butcher things whether it's a forward pass a chuck into touch a some a drop that is uncharacteristic and then it was literally like all of the above <laughs> so you look like a genius um, to tommy bow as well yeah i mean i'll um i'll take that praise thank you that yeah, was well um, really proud of you and a, a great show for match point i mean i've had i wouldn't even say i've had any shockers i backed wales against south africa it was a heart overhead moment for me um and um whilst I think the scoreline flattered Wales on Sunday I had gone for a bigger win than that it really made me laugh that before the game Matchpoint tweeted saying Miss LJJ has gone for Wales by 22 points has she undercooked it and as soon as that tweet popped up I thought I'm gonna have egg on my face here I am 100% going to have egg on my face so um yeah you know you win some you lose some I'm still hopeful that in the final weekend a perfect score could see me you know what, what do they say the cream always rises and in this um, situation i am the cream i'm just checking and uh hannah holborn is yeah. actually actually beat me she got she got two perfect scores in this round 98 points i thought i was good on 93 that's strong nice work handband i haven't had a perfect score though have you ever no, no. and hannah is actually leading the whole league Closely followed by Steve Jenkins from Wales. Good old so Steve. Then Simon Bowen. Um, I'm going to say he's Welsh as well. But do you know what? There's a really good show of, um, of, of Welsh people and women in our top 10 of our league. I'm 17th. Not sure how I feel about that. Um, I'm fifth and I'm beating Pete. So I'm beating yeah, as beat we've the <laughs> that's all that that's all that matters for us this 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 um... beat, beat, beat the pete beat the cheat more like um yeah i've said it i've said it out loud just looking who else is in our league who's doing well there's some great names in there a lot of welsh ones um claudia rack that is a great name great name dom collingwood 44th <laughs> pull your socks up domatron uh but yeah oh how's tommy banks doing Hey, he may have a couple of Michelin stars, but he's only 51st in the league. Ah. Uh, Unlucky time. There you go. Unlucky. Uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, so, yeah, big week for Match Pint. And, yeah, and talking about pints, yeah. um, 
I mean, I probably should have looked to claim some free pints because I spent quite a lot of money on pints in, um, not that I drank them all, obviously, drink aware. Um, yeah. I was sharing pints with my friends. Um, well, and that's the beauty of match pint. You win a pint to share. Yeah, so. I genuinely should have actually thought about it because, um, yeah, I was really chuffed with myself because on Friday, I was sat at the um, at the airport and I realised that my flight was going to get in early enough to watch um, the Irish women play USA. Great. And then I was like, right, I need to plan the gang. Um, and Kalina only got me three tickets. So I was like, okay, sweet. Um, so invited D, A. Sullivan, Ovs. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Rob Vickerman joined the gang. Oh, um, and it was brilliant. I, I can't remember the last time. I genuinely can't remember the last time I went to a rugby game just to watch. Because, really? yeah, and and you've done it because a lot of the time weekend. when you're working on it all the time, you kind of it's nice to then have a bit of a break. But I had an amazing evening, like it was brilliant. Um, great atmosphere at the RDS, the girls played well, got the win, which was the most important thing. Um, not gonna lie, USA did butcher a few like absolute sitters, bless them. Like, I don't know whether it was the pass or the catch, um, but yeah, they, they're literally could have just run over the line and it, they didn't have the ball in the rounds but um but I think they'll I think they'll give a good challenge to England next week I think they'll they look mm-hmm. physical a couple of their try not I don't think on the scoreboard but I think physically I think they'll front up um I think England will be too good for them but um because it looks like some new caps and stuff but Kate Zachary who's been playing in the premiership in in uh, for Exeter um she looked really good like look really good and so a couple of their tries were class like the offload you know that, like, and the way every week, the- listeners I write a running order for this podcast that Nolly then just ignores ignores the order of things that we're going to talk in um she's she's jumped ahead guys well I'm telling you about Friday night what I've been up to so that was just kind of about the social side of it well yeah I, I mean I've just I pretended that I knew <laughs> lots about the game but I was going to get yeah, to the social side um it was so funny so we arrived early uh not early actually we got there for the just for the anthems um and um and then Rob was coming straight from the airport so we had this massive travel bag and probably one of my most interactive posts on the weekend was me taking the Michael out of Rob Vickerman arriving because he was having night out with the girls with his massive handbag yeah he just looked <laughs> like the victim of the situation from the insta stories like all weekend which I really enjoyed I like Vicks to be put in place <laughs> he so. is a bit of a sitting duck when it comes to that but he was so great so I was like mate grab a Guinness and then I was like maybe grab some more because I finished the one from D. He arrived with a carrier with four Guinness and not a drop spill, right? Fair play to him, but they were creamy, so it, it doesn't, it shouldn't spill, apparently, D was telling me. Yeah. Um, and then I laughed, got excited, hit my pint on my knee and went, because it was a plastic cup. I don't have the best control of my thumbs anyway, as we all know. Yeah squeezed the pint glass um, and poured my pint over the person that was sat in front of me um, that happened to be a lovely French couple that were just visiting Dublin um, and it was his jacket that he was wearing for the weekend so he stunk of Guinness. Um, At least it wasn't because I know that you were sat really close to some of the family (laughs) of the Irish girls as well. Oh yeah. It went forwards and not backwards. I got a little bit emotional actually because behind me was so there was a I kept hearing go on Bevan go on Bevan and I thought only 
obviously I got the tickets from Gleaner, so I was like, I've got to be sat with friends and family. Yeah. But only parents would shout a name. So I was like, are you Bevan's parents? And they were like, yeah, loveliest people. Um, and then next to them were two young lads who, well, when I say young, probably mid twenties. And I, I was like, are you boyfriends, friends, brothers? And they were like, oh no, we're the brothers. And I was like, oh, amazing. I said, do you play rugby? And they were like, not like her. Um, ah. as if, like, she was the star of the fight. It was so brilliant. And she scored a quality try. And so they got up and were like cheering. And I'm devastated I didn't film them um, because it was, it was really quite, it was a unique experience for me because for me, I never really sat, apart from the World Cup final in 2017, which was awkward, sat in the uh, stands with my parents watching, obviously. Did it feel though like a snapshot for you into what your family would have been like what your brothers and your and Suba would have been like no because they were really sober so <laughs> I don't think who I was talking to the other day and they had met Suba at the who was it it might have actually been Gwen Crab, and basically um <clears throat> we were talking about the world cup in 2017 and they'd met Suba and I think Joe because they were trying to describe the brother and I thought it was Joe from the description um in a bar <clears throat> in Belfast and how your mum had been like the ringleader of every international family not just the <laughs> English ones but she was like telling people right we'll meet back here after the game <laughs> and everyone was just going oh she, she's amazing I was like yeah I've toured with her she is a fantastic tourist yeah, I think she's quite sad now. She went to the England game down at Sandy Park. She took my stepdad down and then um, they sat in different seats, like mum's, and she was like, she's actually really quite upset. I didn't recognise, I didn't see any of the parents. And Aww. I was like, well, mum, they're like a different generation. Do you know them? She's like, of course I do. The hunters were there. I didn't see them. Um, and then was like listing off people that she would know. Um, I genuinely retiring ruined her social life I think because <laughs> um but yeah I and I was also sat next to Stacey Flood's dad um, and her family with that side and then Tricky although her name is Adele um I think that's how you say it in the Irish way but she was sat on the other side of D he was sat on the other side of D her dad and he said oh my daughter's Adele and plays wasps and D was like oh well sh she'll know Nolly and I was like I don't know who Adele is because I've never heard of her <laughs> anything other than Tricky. So I was like, I had, genuinely had, I went on Instagram and had to look at the team sheet to see who it was because I was like, and I was, I said, oh yeah, 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 of course. I got no idea. And then oh, I was like, oh, it's Tricky, of course I do. Um, but actually, you know what? It was brilliant. Um, it was really lovely to meet everyone. Everyone was great. And then we went downstairs to, well, before I went downstairs and I stood in the, um, in the stand I hadn't told Sene that I was going to be there and so I was trying to scream for her but it was so loud there were so many people and she was on the pitch and I was an ultimate fangirl like Sene Sene like waving um and then anyway she caught I caught her eye and uh she was like look looking at me and then she like it was like 10 seconds before she clocked who it was and then was like waving it's like come down tried to get pitch side and the security guards were absolute nauseas wouldn't let us in wouldn't let family in, wouldn't let anybody in to get pitch side. So we had to go round the back. But isn't a lot of that to do with like, isn't that a lot to do with COVID? I don't know, but it was rubbish. So That's I was my bugbear of the autumn that I want to talk about today as well, by the way. Well, what was brilliant, right? So there was, there was such a good crowd. 
and we managed to convince, so Tricky was down there, Adele, um, was down there and her family, I said, look mate, can you go and get Sene and Cleaner, just like, you know, the girls I knew. And they all came out, which was amazing. And I was like having selfies with them, like taking photos. And they got absolutely mobbed by so many people wanting photos with them. And then I think the manager was like, ah, COVID, like grab them and like whisk them back inside. Um, but it was brilliant. I got to meet Stacey Flood, I think for the first time probably. Um, that was real cool. So yeah, like it was, um, it was a really good experience just to see them getting all of that support given everything that happened last week and for them to get the win. And then also after the game found out that it was Lindsay Pete's last game. So a massive oh. international game. So a massive shout out to her. Um, huge, huge influence on uh, Irish rugby um, to be playing when she is after being an international basketballer. And I think she represented Leinster at football as well. Like, and then to play front row. Um, and there's a lush picture of her and her son um, after the and game. Isn't Lindsay a policewoman as well? She's a guarder. Probably because I mean I wouldn't imagine imagine causing problems and her like looking at you and then okay. chasing you and smashing it. <laughs> Absolutely not. Anyway, it was um, a great night. Enjoyed it. It's interesting though because you said, "Oh, it's the first time in a long time that you've just gone and watched rugby for the sake of going to watch rugby," and you did it twice this weekend because on Sunday you went to the Stonex to watch friend of the podcast, saviour of last week's podcast, Vicky Fleetwood, back in action for Saracens. Yeah, um, it was so good to see it. And Rocky and Tam as well. Oh, girls, at one point I was like, it's actually unfair. I was oh, like, there's about 500 caps just. <laughs> <laughs> um, they struggled, but like Rocky was literally just. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was lush because I sat with um, Fleeto's dad. When I arrived, I um, they were like handing out flags and I was like, I, I can't do that. I don't, I don't want a Saracen's flag, thanks. But it was really busy. I couldn't believe it. There was a really good crowd there. Yeah, it is. Um, there. Nice atmosphere. They'd got the mascot. They were doing... It was a proper match day. And for a Premiership Cup game, I was genuinely really positively surprised. Um, Fleeto scored an absolute belter. She looked did. like looked so fit and quick. Um, and then, yeah, went for food afterwards with her and her dad and just had a... Is it was just lush. It was really lush. Hmm? Is her dad still vaccinating? Um, he is, and he also knows exactly how many he's done. Um, no. Yeah. Cool. So he and Fleet was like, he's such a geek, and he was like, basically, when I take the plastic bit off of the bottle or the syringe or something, I put them in this on the side, and then I know I count them at the end, and I think he'd done like eighteen thousand or something. Like it was something Matt or eight thousand. It was like, like a I think I'd I do like, the same though. I'd want to know how many I've done. Hmm. Because it's like he also told me they all know how many babies they've delivered. He also told me that he's got an app because apparently he got um, a card for Fleeto um, for her 10,000th day on Earth. And um, which obviously isn't a birthday, it's just a yeah. day. And he's got an app that tells you how many days you've been on Earth. So we worked that out at dinner as well. I'm like 11,400 and something. Probably more like 50,000, if you're honest. Um, I've got an app that counts down to things. Um, and at the moment, my countdowns, I'm going to tell you this, 14 days till I fly out to Dubai Sevens, 54 days till I fly to Mexico. Jet setter. Jet set. 
jet set get me back on a plane um i did the school of hard knocks dinner on friday night as i mentioned very interesting when uh, i turned up and catch newton was like um Nick Williams is our guest, our starter, and he's going to make a speech. And I went over to Nick halfway through the dinner and said, oh, I'm going to introduce you in a minute. Are you happy with your speech? And he was like, I haven't, I haven't prepared a speech. So we had to do just like an on the hop Q&A, which is always fun, which I obviously had not prepared for. So I was like, so Nick, uh, Niall Williams is your cousin. Um, where do we go from here? But yeah, very, uh, very entertaining evening. Um, it, every year it blows my mind, School of Hard Knocks, what some of the people who do the courses have gone through. And I found it, one of the gents who was on there had quite severe PTSD from serving um, in the army in Northern Ireland. And um, it was, yeah, it was quite stark and harrowing, but it just makes you realise how important a charity like that is. So, yeah, it was um, good fun, good fun. And then did the women's game on Saturday. And the men's game on Sunday, so doesn't stop. You were busy. Yeah, doesn't stop, mate, does it? Does not stop. I also had a few beers on Saturday night for the first time in what, nine weeks. I yeah. feel good. I wish I could share the voice notes that I got, but I won't do it no, because don't. I was genuinely surprised. I was genuinely surprised by your very, very poor performance. <laughs> I was yeah, but the game, we were off air at half past two. That's what time you normally go on air. So we were off air at half two, straight in the pub. And it was like we were pouring it down our necks. Because I think as well, everyone had said, oh, I'll go for a couple of beers. So there was this feeling of let's have a couple of beers. And then we had a couple more. And then it turned to whiskey. And yeah, not good. Not good. Well, i tell you what. <laughs> I mean, I had a few after... Um after the island game um i've been i've been over to ireland a few times i've been to the aviva i've commentated at the aviva but i've never commentated at a full aviva and especially given I, it was the first full stadium i've been in i've been one with crowds over the you know obviously they've been yeah. building progressively um and uh yeah it was it was unreal um the night out afterwards, I only went to back to the Sandy Mount Hotel because I was like, I can't go into town. I've had messages from one from James Metcalf this morning asking if I went to Coopers or Coppers. Coppers. Yeah, I was. You I had to go. To it. I, like, I don't even know where that is. You're where such you are. a bad tourist. I cannot <laughs> believe that you've never been to Coppers. Well, I so D. I met D and her like wonderful housemate Lorna and their friend Emma, and also Alma Smith was there. She was with um, uh, talks so we all kind of little gang of girls um it was brilliant and uh she was like oh we can go into town and party I was like no no I'm fine I feel like this is the limit of uh, craziness because it is wild here yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine what town is like um so yeah it was a great night and like honestly to to experience that level of emotion in a in a stadium again on the back of an amazing it was just an amazing game of rugby um that's what was cool. So like it was, there was a lot of good, good stuff to chat about. Donica was, <laughs> he was different level with facials. I feel like we need a Donica cam in the commentary box. Very expressive man, isn't he? He has very, and he arrived, right? And he was, I mean, he's what, six foot four, six foot five, comfortably, comfortably. 
And he's he got was bigger Ali Bop eyes than I've got. Well, this so this is the thing, right? So he was wearing a hat and a mask when he arrived. Um, because you're still in masks over in Ireland. And um anyway. I was like, oh, great uh, great disguise coming up. And he was like, Yeah, I uh I still got recognized. I was like, I, I'm not surprised. Look at this, look at your eye, got the most distinctive eyeballs in world rugby, I reckon. Yeah. And actually, just talking about eyeballs, um, Casey Allen, who I didn't know was working with um USA rugby literally ran past me in USA kit I had zero idea she was in Ireland no idea she was with USA rugby and I recognized her because she was wearing I think she was even wearing a hat and a mask and I I recognized her from a, 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 a tiny glimpse of um profile eyeball and I still recognized her but she was right. quite surprised Anyway, um, um, it's funny that you say about masks and disguises. So I've obviously done the Wales games the past three weeks. Sam Warburton's been wearing a beanie hat and a mask. I shouldn't say this before the last game. And he just walks around the stadium completely anonymously. And it, I found it really entertaining because every person he walks past would love to have a photo of Sam Warburton and nobody's cottoning on that it's him because yeah, but he's covering the nose. I was going to say it's because his distinctive feature <laughs> is the nose. Yeah. <laughs> It's absolutely like made my week the past few weeks. I'm like walking around and he like just put his finger up to his mask and a shh. I'm like, oh, okay. Very entertaining. How good were Ireland then? <clears throat> oh. Were New Zealand really poor or were Ireland amazing? Um, it's always hard to know why a team makes mistakes. And a lot of the time it comes from because a lot of the time it comes from pressure. Um but new, like New Zealand were making, so the week before they played Italy and were like butchering things left, right and centre, but everyone was like, it's the second string. It wasn't um, at all, but they were make, they did make uncharacteristic errors, um, which just fueled the intensity. And it was like, how are Ireland going to be able to maintain this intensity for 80 minutes? But then you looked at their bench and they had 458 caps on their bench Ty Byrne came off, who, in my opinion, is the perfect person to come off the bench in that environment because he and he got two massive turnovers. I think he got the last one of the game as well, which like sealed the deal. Yeah. Um, was he man of the match? No, Kalen uh, Doris was, and he. They just they all put in monumental shifts in terms of physicality. Um, collisions like everything at both sides of the ball but I think probably the best bit about it was the courage that they had to carry carry on playing how they did like in Japan and because New Zealand were under the pump it it meant that Ireland were had that confidence but they went in they had it was something crazy like 70% possession and they were behind on the scoreboard. So every time Ireland would get some points, like in the first half, they just couldn't get over the line, couldn't get over the line. Yeah. And then there was this big shift after half time where they got a try and it was huge. It was like all of a sudden we can do this because yeah. New Zealand's defence was like world class. Um, well, the tackle stats are bonkers because... 248. Think... Yeah. 248 tackles to like... Five. <laughs> yeah. yeah insane yeah it was it was mad so at half time the um tackles made for Ireland was 37 and New Zealand had made 160 tackles at half time 
70% possession for Ireland, 30 for New Zealand. And then at full time, 103 tackles by Ireland and 200, well, 241, sorry. Oh, that's mega. That's huge. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, look, it was great. And I, so I, when you've got your headset on over the last how many years we've had, when we've had no crowds and the fake noise comes through, we can have, we can control that effects as you know yeah um uh but for listeners and obviously like it's because you get the, the headphones are so good they try to drown out the crowd and stuff I turned the effects off and I still was struggling to work out how loud I needed to talk because the crowd was that loud around like around us really and I'm so happy I, I, I was so happy I took my headset off a couple of times because it's very different noise coming through when it's electronically produced or like it comes through speak basically comes through speakers into your ear I took it off and to hear the anthems being sung and then to hear the crowd on one of the penalties I just quickly flicked them off and it was it was amazing and I think it just we speak about like I speak about the magic of sport and yeah, like we, uh, Miles got a bit, we all got a bit emotional at one point because it was just brilliant. How long though is that pre-match in Dublin when Ireland play the All Blacks and you've got two anthems, then an anthem, then a hacker? That is. It's interesting because cold. the crowd, the crowd were, were really quite subdued before it all kicked off. It and then so actually- long to get in their seats though in Dublin. That's been a big thing over the past few years, pre-pandemic of former players really complaining about the fact that fans wouldn't find their seats until a couple of minutes into the game because they'd be in the bars and stuff like that and like I was thinking Cardiff we benefit from the fact that because the stadium's literally in the center of town people go in because they're not having to make their way whereas you know what it's like around Ballsbridge you've got a few certain bars but you've all got to get from those to the stadium I have never really rated the um the feel and the match day experience of the Aviva Stadium. But I will say the greatest um, atmosphere I've ever experienced at any match. And you think how many hundreds and hundreds of games I've been at, nothing will ever come close to when Ireland played France in the Principality Stadium in the 2015 World Cup. It was the most breathtaking environment I've ever been in at a rugby match. It was completely full, the roof was shut, and you had French fans singing Le Marseillaise, but then Irish fans singing back to them, Fields of Athenry. And as opposed to it feeling like a battle, it was like they were singing for each other, like choirs. And it was, I literally have like the hairs on my arms stand up when I think about it, because nothing will ever compare to that atmosphere. Well, they, it was unbelievable. Well, they've actually got songs, haven't they? It's like the Welsh have got a song. I think it's just better when it's like, is singing rather than like yeah. chanting there's a very big difference um it's interesting because obviously so nothing is worse as a sound for me than hearing swing low well <laughs> it's obviously with everything with the I, I watched some stuff that the RFU obviously put out and I watched it recently um around the um history of the song and where it's come from and it's really interesting actually when you just research anything like folk songs um that people sing without realizing you know you know mm. all the words and actually where does that come from and also 
um, that kind of got me on to looking at the history of nursery rhymes. Like that's mad when you oh, look, yeah. when you actually know. Ring a ring of roses about the plague, isn't it? Yeah, like and and you think actually all of these songs, or they're like nursery rhymes you sing to children or babies to like hush them, and then you actually find out the meaning of them. You're like, I I don't really feel like I should be sharing that experience. <laughs> You know, so you talk about singing. It's really interesting because the during the hacker, um, they they start the Irish crowd started singing, and it was it was really interesting because a lot of people were like, "Oh, it's really disrespectful," and then the Irish were like, and it was like one person started it, and it just got louder and louder and louder. Like, it's a massive crescendo when they were um finishing the hacker and it's a really it's a really interesting one because it's like should you as the home crowd like um respect it should you like they oh, get the um, last say and all <laughs> I'm I'm really opinionated on this and and I don't think it's disrespectful to their culture because for me the, I've got a massive problem with this in terms of when you're in New Zealand, absolutely, the haka can be the final word before kickoff. In Cardiff, why is your culture superseding ours? In terms of Welsh culture, song is wrapped up in that. There is a saying, to be born Welsh is not to be born with a silver spoon in your mouth, but with poetry in your heart and song in your soul. And for oh, me, God. If, if we are the host nation... You do your hacker and we will sing back to you and allow the 73,000 people in that stadium to be part of that. And it's, I, I, it really annoys me. It winds me up because for me, it's part of my cultural identity as a Welsh person. Okay, I'm really pleased I brought this up. Um, anyway, <laughs> I, um, one thing I didn't find that good though was when New Zealand scored and they scored like a couple of their tries. When they score, they just score so easily. It's like the Black Ferns. When they score, it's like, oh, yeah. oh that's like, Oh, it's boring. They just yeah. literally just really, um and every other team has to work so hard to score against. Yeah. It's textbook rugby, isn't it? You're like, oh yeah, do that. Yeah. Oh, well, Will it. Jordan again scoring. It was just like 95th try or something ridiculous. Anyway, um, yeah, I um I, I I did I wasn't a fan of um of the fans booing when they scored. Like that's not cool. Right. And then um, interestingly, I was talking to Alma about it as a sat a very obviously proud South African lady and um I said, you know, I've never, I didn't like that. I didn't like the booing. And Dee was like really disappointed in her countrymen. Like, no, that's not what we do. But um, I, I was saying to Elma, like one of the things I've never experienced, and I think we spoke about it on the pod when, back at the, when I was there, when I was at Cape Town Sevens, I couldn't believe how when like the South African boys were playing some amazing rugby, got three to the final and on their route three, where whoever they played, whenever the opposition scored they just don't do anything and it's like it's worse I think than like you know <laughs> booing I think because they literally sat across their hat across their arms so the stadium just went like numb it was yeah. like the oddest the oddest experience and even I was like oh god they're not clapping like well done you know typical English like let's just clap everyone <laughs> how much do you as a player on the pitch feed off of a crowd not just when you are playing in front of a home crowd who are behind you but when you play against a hostile you know in France when you know those days where you play against France in in a nearly full stadium and the French fans would be going wild for the girls how much does that then make you push you to perform more do you feed off it um 
yeah, I used to love it. I used to properly love it. And then with the French, I remember one year, um, the French like turned on their own team and were like ended up like cheering us and booing them. It was the hottest experience. Um, yeah, no, I love the crowd, when no matter you, what it is. When you played the World Cup final in France, were the neutral French crowd behind Canada that day? Um, I don't know. Uh, it was noisy, but they got behind us. Like when I scored, the whole place like went mad. Was a World Cup final? Yeah, Maggie passed me the ball. Sure. Uh, that's the rarest thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like the place went mental. Like it was real loud. So I, I don't know what whether that was because the English fan, there was a lot of English fans in there or whether it was because everyone was just supporting the rugby, do you know? Yeah. Um, but also the other thing is the Canadians knocked the French out. Yeah. So I think maybe they were probably supporting us because they were annoyed that they didn't allow their teams to get to the final. Yeah, fair. Um, I think, I still think that the pick of the autumn games is next weekend and is... France versus New Zealand and actually if France if New Zealand have been a bit loose the past couple of weeks then I think that it's going to be even better because it's just going to be joué joué and I cannot wait to see it it's interesting because I actually think it might be the other way around like I think um losing against Ireland and not nailing their basics I think if that was me as a player and I've been in situations where like we haven't nailed certain things and we yeah. you want to get it right you actually go back to real basic right this is how we're going to play and I think if the game it's not the context the of the half, game important in that if this was England New Zealand this weekend I would perhaps agree but this is France New Zealand France are the all blacks bogey team we've seen yeah. them you know rock and roll them and finish them off so many times and it does exist in the all blacks mentality as much as ireland have now beaten them three times in the past 10 years france different because they've done yeah. it when it's mattered yeah i i mean i just think that there won't i think if i was if i was the all Blacks coach if i was if i was uh is ian foster isn't it, it is yeah. Ian Foster. <laughs> yeah i think i've got so many names in my head at the moment um if i was him i would and you know one of the first games of the world cup next year is France, New Zealand. Um, this is a massive opportunity on the back of like not playing well. I would rip into the forwards. I would just, it would be an app like, yeah, and basics. I wouldn't do anything fancy. I would just go and just punish them because the one thing about the French is that they're, they are young in comparison. And if you send the message of physicality and dominance up front, everyone knows that New Zealand can play out wide. You don't need to show that. Do you know what I mean? That that yeah. would be me. That would what I would want because they got shown up by the Irish pack last week. And yeah, that's where I would go. So therefore I'm thinking that the game will look slightly different because of that, if that was how that it's interpreted. That said, I think in the second half, because they'll everybody will be um they would have ripped into each other in the first 40. <clears throat> I think in the second half it will really start to open up both teams. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, last weekend, I did Wales, South Africa on the Saturday and Wales women have now recorded back-to-back wins for the first time in a long time so very pleased for them Canada come to Cardiff this weekend this will be a very very different test for them um yeah I, I watched so good. you seen England the England Canada game did you watch some that? of it but I was at Wales Fiji so yeah so I watched that yesterday um credit to Canada and I've spoken to a couple of the girls and they said it was a totally different ball game than playing New Zealand which, yeah. interest, which is like you'd never normally hear um, and they said that the scoreline did not reflect the well, game. Canada are far more physical than the Black Ferns, do you think? Oh, 100%. You know, I know your biggest thing with the Black Ferns is that they're nowhere near where they used to be because their forwards aren't necessarily what they oh, were. Same again, like against France. It was like a replica game of England, really. Probably a little bit more exciting in terms of the back play. Um, Duran's starting to come into her own at 10 for the French ladies. Um, they scored an absolute belter about 15 minutes into the game um, where they made a break down the edge, a couple of offloads, um, Menager was looking strong um, and then they shifted it back, cross field, Banet caught it on the full and scored. Like it, like they were looking real good. Um, and it's, but the, the, the French pack just demolished the New Zealand pack. Like they couldn't, couldn't get line out ball, the catch and drive, they were getting smashed. It, it was just, yeah, they just, you know, Kelly Brazier played for 40 minutes and didn't see her. I, I actually, you did, I don't even think she touched the ball. Um, so, yeah, I think credit to the French. But there's a fit. lot about how New Zealand will be a different team by the time we get to the World Cup, but it is now less than a year away. Do you think that they can get to where they need to be in this year? I think there'll be um, retired Black Ferns coming back. Really? Yeah or people that's not playing. I think there are forwards there that are in wicked shape. And interestingly, Fifa Masili, who's probably one of their most iconic players, captain them to two World Cup wins, is training unbelievably hard and was doing this like jackling, like fitness thing the other day. And I was like, she's looking in great shape for a home World Cup. I, if I was a New Zealand rugby union, I'd be having some big conversations with Fifa Masili, Linda Atunu, um, Justin Lavia, who's playing over in Hong Kong. I would be saying, girls, if you want to put, commit to playing for a year, coming back and playing, 
like and then it'd be a totally different it'd be totally different ball game um so yeah I I think they won't get close to a world cup final if they don't get some better better forwards or the forwards don't like get fitter more dynamic um they're missing a couple of girls from the world cup in 2017 that I don't think of um uh actually the play player that scored a hat-trick I think against New Zealand one of the props I can't remember her name but she she was unbelievable she's not toured um so whether she's injured or finished at the moment I'm not sure but yeah like but the the France game was a good one I definitely recommend catching up on that on YouTube um by all accounts looking at Nick Heath and uh Cat Merchant's social media the crowd was brilliant which it clearly is it always yeah. is um and they had one and a half million viewers on French free-to-air television for that game over the weekend yeah it's awesome there was nearly a million on the BBC for the girls a million. they got a yeah. million this week yeah um like sh- shout out to Poppy Clear and, and Abby Ward for getting their 50th and also obviously with the World Rugby Awards being announced um I've been I it's interesting because I've got to be reasonably impartial about what I say with regards to I believe should win the awards um, because I'm on the panel <laughs> for the women's 15s. Um, there's also a dream team going to be coming out so that the votes have gone in for that and we delayed it. Um, so that we delayed the dream team announcement or selection till yesterday so that we could actually watch all of the matchups because yeah. there was obviously another round to see the Canadians against the, the English, the French against the All Blacks. You know what I mean? You kind of want to see these teams playing other than just going on Six Nations form yeah. and the first round. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, I just, and, and you know, obviously you mentioned Poppy, but to, I think for Zoe Allcroft as a young English player, um, played through the World Cup with, in 2017 with stress fractures in her foot, played the whole tournament, had a year out because of it afterwards, accepted that that was going to have to happen, yeah. but she still played, is one of the most like hard-working players I've ever seen it, just do player cam on her like she is unbelievable the yeah. work she gets through so for her to be recognized thing is brilliant and and actually like, I text Poppy saying congratulations on her 50th oh you know so we've been a mega year for her yeah player of the six nations 50th cap captain England all of that world cup nominate uh, well well player of the year and um yeah I was like I can't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> Brilliant. Really nice. Um, Abby Ward obviously picked up her 50th cap as well on Saturday. Dave Ward on Sunday. Dave Ward was in Cardiff on Saturday and I had to avoid going up to him and like tackling him to the ground with a big hug because I've said it before, I'll say it again. I think the impact that his Bristol coaching has had on the Welsh girls has been huge. And obviously they got another win on the weekend. But that is not the headline coming out of Wales women's camp this weekend. Something that... Um, you brought to my attention yesterday is that Jazz Joyce and Lisa Butchers have put their Christmas tree up. They've gone very early with this. Now, I know I said I was going to do it before Dubai Sevens, and I'm sure Alicia's had the same thing and thought, I'll surprise Jazz when she comes back from Team GB camp before she goes out to Dubai. But 13th of November. I've never, I've never seen, I've never seen a Christmas tree go out so publicly that early. <laughs> but having said, having said that, I think last year is an anomaly year because it was a pandemic. I put my Christmas tree up on the 11th last year. Of November. Wow. 
Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, Alicia, you did a great reel actually, didn't yeah. you? You did I one did of those. A great like, reel. I'm trying to think of what I'm going to do this year for the reel. I've, I've got a few ideas. I'm trying um, to remember what I was going to say about Poppy, but it oh, sounded rubbish to be honest with you. The fact that you lost <laughs> your train of thought like that. Uh, Wales women have got Canada this weekend. They obviously South Africa. Um, it was an interesting game. I'm surprised we haven't seen some sightings from it. Seeing a couple of um, things that came off the pitch post match, um, but they will play the Barbarians the week after next. So they've got a little extra week's break, I believe. I don't think they've got a game this weekend, South Africa. <laughs> Um, no, so I think that they're going to be training against some teams. Oh, oh. <laughs> I don't know what's public knowledge or not, but they were. Yeah, I'm trying to think doing. what else we haven't covered <laughs> off. Uh, England, Australia, didn't watch it. So I, was... um, I haven't seen it yet either because I was doing, I was covering all of the women's catch up games yesterday to make sure that I could do my nominations properly um so yeah i haven't watched that one yet um but what i do like is all of the social media coming out um just the like light show and the atmosphere yeah. and i just feel like rugby i know you've got a bugbear and i'm not going to get you on your high horse about certain ways of how rugby is inviting new um new fans but I feel like Twickenham really like was a different place in terms of just some of the stuff like, you know, it is very traditional there. Um, but the fact that there was, it all went dark and then the flames and the lights and so I just think it's brilliant. And that type of kind of crowd experience, I think is, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I completely um, agree. Oh, like 3000 people in the stadium watching something like that is absolutely amazing. I think perhaps the RFU now need to question there's 83,000 people in the stadium watching that. And even if you add that to the TV audience that that game would have had, which we won't find out because it was on a streaming service, less people watched England men than England women this weekend. And that's something that unions need to consider after this autumn, in my opinion. Uh, Scotland played Japan as well this weekend. Um, my highlight of that over remembrance weekend was a little picture that Sarah Bonner put up on social media of her questioning referee Nikki O'Donnell saying, is it because I'm in the Air Force? Nikki is a serving um, nurse in the British Army. Sarah Bonner's just completed her officer training for the Royal Air Force. And I loved that image and I loved the power of those two women. It's obviously something that's very close to my heart. Both my parents are ex-RAF and I just loved that image on social media yesterday. It's really <laughs> me. Yeah. Oh, well, it was a big, big win um, and, uh, and their third win and uh, in a row. So, you know, I think for what's interesting is that you add in different teams to the touring mix in an autumn, which is the first time this has happened in a long time, not irre irrelevant of the pandemic. You know, yeah. you would rarely get, you know, it's, it's, I think South Africa's, I think it's probably only their second tour. And I remember their first one because it was back, gosh, in 2004, I think, um, when I played their, in the, against them in their first ever test match. And, um, yeah, I think it's really good exposure for the the Six Nations teams to be playing playing games other than, you know, the likes of France and England to gauge where they are on a global stage. Um and probably and for Scotland as well, because obviously they won the year or they they're through to the repechage now for the World Cup. So they've got another game to go. It's not a mini tournament, it's a single game, isn't it? I'm still, the qualification process for this Women's World Cup, 
or World Cup 2021, which is in 2022, is so convoluted and complicated. And obviously we are <clears throat> less than a year out and we don't have all of our teams. But for Scotland to play a non-Six Nations opponent, how much will that help them when they're going to go into a game with unfamiliar opponents again to get through to the World Cup? Oh, it's massive. Um, it's really massive. And it's brilliant for confidence. It's brilliant for analysis um, in terms of what you get of players. You know, for those girls, some quite a lot of them, obviously we've got like a few Japanese players in the premiership now. Um, so you, they'd know bits of it, but I think it just allows you when you don't have a lot of information on another team to really focus on yourself. And I think what is also really good you know, Rona Lloyd got um, player of the match. I, I don't know who it was that posted it, but someone absolutely killed her on um, social media, basically saying there's the piece of wood that um, like the awkward piece of wood, like receiving her award because she's so awkward. Um, yeah, she, I think Rachel Malcolm, Rachel Malcolm presented her with a medal or something. And then they didn't know whether to like shake hands or hug. And like Rona just stood there like it was <laughs> so awkward. It's so awkward. Um, yeah, no, and and the reporter's not allowed to give them... So this is my bugbear. I said at the beginning I was going to talk about it, and I do want to talk about this. So I have to have a PCR test to be pitch side on games at the moment. So for the women's game on Saturday, I had to have a PCR test. And I'm not allowed to give the um, player of the match award. I have to wait for the captain to run to studio to give a medal and a bottle of champagne. And then we finish the interview. We go off air and the players rightfully get to go and see their families why have I had a PCR test why hasn't anybody in the crowd had one like it just and and in the women's game it's different for me because I'd literally seen Gwen Crabb before she went into camp on Thursday morning in the men's game it is like Fort Knox trying to get into these squads at the moment and I completely understand the safety implication of that and if we want to see these games go ahead we have to do it but when I'm watching Lewis Rees-Samet have a selfie with a woman in the crowd kissing his neck at full time, it makes a slight mockery of the situation for me. And I just want to say that publicly. Yeah. Yeah. It's not on. Oh, I, it's not on. Uh, I know that you've got to get off because you've got to drive to Southampton. Yeah, I've got, um, I had a bit of a shocker because I thought it was Northampton, but oh. it's now Southampton, slightly different area in the okay. country. Probably, the, I mean, I'm not that... You probably know that, but just in the name, obviously, it's... Um, uh, I bet I've been to Franklin's Gardens more times than you have, and it's etched on my brain. My worst yeah. ground in the UK. Worst fan. Yeah. Um, I missed that. I, I'm not going to say it again, I'm sure. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I'm actually going to have some family time. So I have done a lot of work. Um, I've got a busy weekend ahead. I'm coming to Twickenham. I'm going to Twickenham, and I'm going to be hosting um at the stadium um the council um the RFU council and by all accounts a few of the old England captains so I feel like there might be a little bit of heckling um because there are women there and I've heard that Claire Purdy is going to be there so that's oh, going to be an on interesting one um and then I'm just going flying back over to Dublin um to do Ireland Argentina but before I do all of that um, I am going to spend some time with my family and my beautiful baby niece, um, who is an apps like she reminds me of the dinosaur from the baby dinosaur from dinosaurs. My sister. Not the mama. Um, my she's sister. quite round in the face um, and rather large legs, which is amazing. Um, so, yeah, I will be 
taking that little munchkin swimming um and i'll be hanging out with suba and my brother and Luce and rich so um yeah good times ahead enjoy it my friend have a good week everyone Bye. when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.